Welcome to the Brown County Hour. Coming to you from the legendary hills of Brown, where the plum purple haze, the one nature herself drapes over the hills and hollers, inspires local characters, artists, and nature lovers. It's as though the hills themselves conspire to create a beauty and culture in the heart of Indiana. Sit for a spell and hear the music. Tall tales. True stories. And current goings on. Brought to you by folks who still know how to sit by a fire in winter. And swim buck naked in summer. Welcome to episode 121 of the Brown County Hour. This is Sarah Lytle along with the rest of the crew. This month we're offering our special fun drive show that includes live conversations from some of our producers. We begin the show with an interview with Mel Hofling, who performs Native American music. We'll share a performance from the Unusual Suspects radio acting troupe and an interview with Vivian Wolf and Jim Schultz from the Peaceful Valley Association. Chuck Wills brings us an interview with the RKM Actors Studio. We'll close with a few words from Dave Seastrom about the importance of supporting WFHB during this fun drive. Well, it's my pleasure to introduce Mel Hofling, who has been fascinating in explaining his connection to Native American music and dance, and um, really looking forward to listening to him tell his story. Thanks for coming in, Mel. You're welcome. It's my pleasure. You mentioned that it all began with the Boy Scouts. That's true. It did. It began with uh, the Boy Scouts with um, a local Brown County resident, uh, now Mr. Teed Howard. And Teed was uh, instrumental in recruiting some of us boys into the Cunier uh, Society, which was a co-ed explorer post that specialized in Native American culture. And from there, your interest in music and dance grew as you were exposed to more of this along the way? Exactly. You know, you were explaining how uh, this evolved and the powwows that are happening. Why don't you share some of that information as well? Well, today, and it seems more prolific today than ever in my experience, uh, I've been going to powwows since about 1959, and now there's powwows everywhere. Even here in Indiana, there's quite a few. Michigan has a lot. Wisconsin has a lot, Oklahoma, South Dakota, all over the United States. There's a lot of powwows. They're really a social gathering. You know, people go and they see their friends and they visit. They have a great time dancing. Some of the powwows are called contest powwows, so they have a chance to make money Okay. and considerable sums. I believe I saw one of those uh, over at uh, IU a couple of years ago. That's not a contest powwow, but it is a regular powwow. It is scheduled right now for April 9th, I believe. Okay. Took my grandson to that. Yeah. yeah they'll have another one in Dun Meadow. That's right, Dun Meadow. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was fascinating. Yeah. And so this is the kind of thing that you participate in and have now for all these many years. And as you mentioned, you're primarily a singer. Is that correct? I am primarily a singer. 
but you have been known to dance a little, too. I dance occasionally. Okay. If they make you? Yeah, three or four <laughs> times a year. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and this is interesting. You also mentioned that the primary language that you sing in is Ponca. That's true. Uh, and that's because we sing our group, and we have a group that's called the Strong Heart Singers out of central Indiana here. And we sing a lot of times at Halushkas, which are Ponca-driven men's society dances. This is a service organization, as yes. you explained. Yes. Originally, it was all men. It still is for the most part. The dances are basically a men's society. Women are not allowed in the arena except the women singers. And, um, and that's today. And one time, they weren't allowed in at all. And in fact, over time... The Halushka, the, the men went in there, they had a great time, they danced, they celebrated all the good things they had done that year, and the women wanted to participate. And gradually, the Halushka evolved into what is today known as the powwow. Huh? It's a social gathering where men and women share the arena. Well, that's certainly what I saw at Dun Meadow. Oh, men yes. Men and women. Oh, yeah. Men and women. That's, that is a powwow. Okay. Well, and then you were telling us about this little tradition that follows up the dance. It's called the 49. <laughs> yeah, that happens at night, you know, after the dance is over. And sometimes those dances go till 1 or 2 in the morning, uh, the big powwows out west especially. And uh, after they're over, everybody goes out to some field nearby and parks their car, and they have special singers that are very good at singing war expedition songs. Oh. War Expedition, also called War Journey Songs. That's what they sing, and they'll sing a few songs, and people dance like a round dance, man, man, woman, man, woman, and they do it in circles, and it could be any number of circles depending on how many people are there okay. around the drum, and that can go all night. Now, you said this had something to do with courtship. Well, it does, especially for the younger crowd. <laughs> <laughs> right, us older folks settled in our ways. So. <laughs> yeah, the, a lot of people call it snagging. <laughs> snagging, okay. Yeah, snagging, that's what the Indians mm. refer to it. Okay. Um, they, they, they're going out snagging. And, it's like counting coup, only different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and in fact, the fella, they just had a special uh, live performance of uh, War Expedition songs and singing. It was called the Virtual 49, if anybody wants to look it up on YouTube. Okay, Virtual and, 49. Yeah, Virtual 49. And the, the gentleman, uh, Dennis Zotai, he's Kiowa. He was the uh, MC, and he was saying that, yeah, he remembers when he was young, you know, he would snag it every weekend at a, a different dance. Yeah. Well, I doubt that's exclusive to Native Americans. Well, <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> uh, well, so, Mel, would you tell us about the big powwow that your organization is involved with that uh, happens, what did you say, twice a year, but you have the big one. The big one is a labor, It's always Labor Day weekend Okay. in Tipton, Indiana. It's the Tecumseh Lodge powwow. We just celebrated our 60th powwow, and um, we're already planning for the 61st, you know, getting everybody in line. We have classes that teach different crafts in the morning. We also have an um, art contest or craft contest, and we have dancing, both gourd dancing and powwow dancing. We bring in singers from all over. 
we have one group from Ohio that comes, one group from Indiana, and then we usually bring in some people from Oklahoma to be the host Southern Drum. Okay. And where does this take place? At the Tipton County Fairgrounds. Okay. Again, what is the name of your group? The Tecumseh Lodge. The Tecumseh Lodge. Okay. Yes, and it they have a website, so you can go on there anytime and, and actually see dancing as well as get information about the organization and upcoming events. Well, just for the record, um, before we close out the interview, um, I, as you have noted, your surname is German. Yes. And um, as because I asked, um, you have revealed the fact that you are actually not Native American. I am not. And it's interesting to me that the passion has very little to do, shall we say, with actually being Native American. It's whether you fall in love with this genre, this this meaningful expression, or not. That's very true. It's, it has a lot to do with the values presented by the culture. There you go. I am fortunate in that I was adopted into a Native American family in 1988, uh, they're Sac and Fox and Pawnee. Uh, they live in Meeker, Oklahoma, and Oklahoma City. And I go out there several times a year just to be with them, sometimes just to play games and have fun and visit, other times to go to dances. My uncle, who lives in Miami, Oklahoma, okay. is who I'm going to sing with up in Chicago on March 12th. Well, Mel, this is absolutely fascinating information. Again, thank you so much for coming in and My uh, sharing your story and your music. Well, thank you for inviting me. Okay, the first song I'm going to sing today will be a, a vocable song. That is a song without words. Um, it's a, called an intertribal. They sing them in powwows. Who originally wrote this, we're not sure. It could be Ponca, but it could be some other tribe. All of them sing it today. All the all the powwow tribes.
Springtime gives us plenty of opportunity to watch for, look at, and yes, marvel at all the increased activity around us. Plants are greening up, trees budding, sandhill cranes overhead, and the gentle warming that's easy to take. And what you may have noticed, as friends continue to tell me, is this, this increased activity of level birds and animals is happening right now. Why birds and animals appear so nervous each spring is a question biologists have countered many times. To what advantage is it that squirrels, for example, always look like they are watching behind them for some kind of attack? They are incredibly on edge, as evident of a constantly twitching tail, and then a long stare at nothing as the next jump is taken. Birds appear like they've got a feather stuck in an electric socket, as a friend of mine says. They look 20 times back and forth to the side and over their shoulder and then take some quick flight, he recalls. Do they ever relax? A call or song may occur simultaneous to the flickering of a wing or tail. Jittery and jerky, a titmouse or a chickadee's behavior is predictable, for example, and they are constantly watching for danger. When you consider the biggest job of a bird is to eat and to keep from being eaten, the amount of energy required to accomplish these major tasks is impressive. Energy in the form of food, already eaten and digested hours before, helps the longer requirement of surviving through the night. The amount of fasting a bird does in between twilight and dawn is considerable. And if not enough food is consumed through the day, lasting through a cold night becomes critical. A bird's energy requirement is in a constant balancing act. What is used right away and what may be stored for later. Biologists have studied food requirements in birds and found some interesting things. And all this research helps us understand how they live, where and how long, and other life requirements. Learning how natural things survive helps us see what activities we do and how it helps or hinders wildlife. And many times what we learn from nature helps us make better decisions for our own survival. What food is consumed in the form of lipids or fats and used for long-distance flight like migration has been studied for many years. And from this, we've learned that the high in lipid diet that ripens in mid to late summer in the form of berries and fall fruits is utilized as fuel all along the migration route. In fact, scientists have looked at the correlation of where a certain shrub or plant is found, its range, when it ripens, and what birds feed on that plant. As migrating birds feed and then fly, the chance for the extended range of that plant is increased, and this has been revealed over time. Ranges of certain fall-fruiting plants have increased. Conversely, quick energy supplied by sweet berries and the fruits of summer, particularly around nesting time when short flights are conducted back and forth from the nest, has also been studied and seeds from feeding will germinate and be associated with the bird's nesting habitat. And the range of that plant, interestingly so, may not be as widespread because the birds are not moving. 
So while you may assume that plants and birds that use those plants for food is just a haphazard and random thing, we see that it isn't. The plants that produce food is a direct function of when and where wildlife use them. Sweet fruits of summer, like blueberries, mulberries, wild strawberries, and raspberries, ripen and are used when birds are more sedentary and on the nest. Fall fruits, like sassafras, rosehips, dogwood, and sumac, ripen just in time when birds migrate. Fuller flags, and these are the leaves on trees, turn a red color in the fall and uh, with many of these fall fruits and help birds key in on that food source. Another revelation to help us see how wildlife and native plants are closely associated. Bird energy required for survival is remarkable when we see birds hovering in a bush as winter night comes on. The fact that they survive in the morning is even more remarkable. Temperature studies of chickadees in their northernmost range, for example, show their body temperature may decrease as much as 8 degrees through the cold night. Staying out of winds and using dense cover like pine trees and spruce sprouts is absolutely necessary. Even how they face into the wind and not letting the wind blow up their skirts, as a professor once said, is vitally important. So if quality calories and energy from food is of paramount importance and birds live in close association to their food supply, and if competition for food can become intense on occasion due to weather, storms, or dry spells, no wonder there is a certain nervousness we notice when we watch birds. Squirrels, too. Nothing is guaranteed in nature. No food source to go to. No cover. No water is absolutely available all the time. No nesting space is always there. Always unpredictable. Life on the edge. And as a friend says, I'd be nervous too. Jim Eagleman for another segment of Nature Ramblings for the Brown County Hour. Talk to you next time. Now we pause for station identification. You are listening to the Brown County Hour on Volunteer Powered Community Radio, WFHB, at 100.7 in Brown County, 91.3 and 98.1 in Bloomington, 106.3 at Ellettsville, and online at WFHB.org. Support for WFHB comes from Our Brown County, a magazine for locals and visitors featuring art, entertainment, and county characters since 1995. Printed six times a year and available online. More at OurBrownCounty.com. Now, dear friends... Join us as we enter the Scriptorium, that sanctified room where the unusual suspects radio acting troupe gather together, diligently working, hashing out script ideas for WFHB Firehouse Follies. This week's assignment, WFHB Fun Drive, that special time of year that tests even the most seasoned of writers. The goal? Use the best ideas and write the best promotions to help generate much-needed donations for the station. But, as usual, they're struggling. Let's listen in. Shall we? Hey. So, so we're all here, oh, right? Yeah, no, that's so much Are we here, everybody? Oh, looks like Tony's running late. Hey, we're going to have to get started without him, gang.
We're running out of time, and we have to get serious about this. WFHB needs us to come up with something their listeners will respond to. Mm. We've got to find a way to keep the only community-funded radio station in Bloomington on air. So put on your thinking caps. It's crunch time. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Talk is cheap, Stella. What? It's all been done before. There are no new ideas. Let's face it. Nothing has worked so far. The station is not exactly rolling in dough. In fact, we're always asking our listeners for their financial support. But that is how it works, Mike. WFHB is a community radio station funded by the community it serves. Come on, you guys. We can do this. Look around this table. Some of, if not the best script writers in the world, exchanging and mostly disagreeing on creative ideas. (laughs) Jeez. Can you believe it? Becky is right. We don't agree on anything, except that we don't agree on anything. Well, yeah, that's, that's right. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's agree. true. Well, I'll agree. tell you what, I'm just happy to get out of the house. These past two years, quarantined with my sweet, darling little wife, have given me many reasons to get out more. My wife agrees she would like to see me get out more. Yeah. But mm-hmm. she is a keeper, always thinking about my welfare. Yeah, <laughs> not sure your wife is thinking about her own welfare, too, Scrapper. Right. <laughs> but, hey, all kidding aside, the station needs us to let everyone know what a great thing it is to have a community radio station, a place where we can all tune in to hear about local events and music from local DJs and entertainers and still get the down low on national and even international news. It's a no-brainer, if you ask me. Yeah. yeah. He's right. He's right. That's so, so, guys, I just had another amazing idea. Mm. What if we start the skit set in a circus? Clowns and music blaring from the carousel. Maybe have carnies and clowns barking. Give to WFHB now or die. I, I don't know, Stella. That sounds a little um, aggressive, don't you think? Yeah. Well, I do think Mike. That's how I get almost every single one of my ideas. Uh, It's just that we might want to start to approach this with a more futuristic outlook. But say we start the skit with a rocket ship being blasted off. I can hear it now. Countdown. Ten, nine, eight. Blast off! Well, you get the gist, right? Well, I'd kind of like to see where he's going with this. Okay, maybe some aliens take over the ship. And then the astronauts convince the aliens that we humans are actually civilized, intellectual beings who support community radio, specifically WFHB. Okay. That we humans care for one another and that we always do the right thing, not just for ourselves, but for the planet. No, right. No one's going to believe that. This is crazy talk. Well, I'll tell you what I'm thinking about. That something a little more down home, you know, would... Like maybe a farmer in a nice quiet field contemplating nature, talking to his cows. I can almost hear him. He's explaining to him, the cows that is, how even though they mean the world to him, the highlight of his day is listening to the afternoon mix on WFHB. Yeah, a guy who is literally outstanding in his field. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> right. Well, makes perfect sense to me. You got something better? I do. Let's go big. Let's get some famous spokesperson to endorse the station and call on listeners to help support the cause. I mean, someone spectacular. You know, someone you'd really want to give money to. A real star. And who might that be, Dan? I have absolutely no idea. Not, not a clue. 
Huh. No ideas, eh? Well, you might try thinking. That's what I do sometimes. Mm, yeah. yeah, I heard a clunking yeah, noise. That might work, Hey, I got it! What if we come up with a big prize for the one millionth donor? <laughs> one millionth donor? Try one thousandth. What are you drinking, Becky? It's none of your business, Mike. No, really, what are you drinking? Hey, Becky, can I have some of that? Sure thing, Scrapper. Here you go. Mm, that sounds delicious. Pass it over here. Maybe I'll drink in some inspiration. Okay, okay. I'll take some of that, too. Pass that jug over this way. Here you go, buddy. Horrible. Oh, jeez. Mm. Hand that over to me. Let me give that stuff a try. Mmm. Mm. It's kombucha. Kazunahat. Tastes like shit. <laughs> oh, there you are. Oh, there she is. I bet you didn't ken that WFHB is the most famous community tranny station in all of Bonnie, Scotland. Well, did ya? I didn't. No, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. I didn't. Oh, that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. No, is, is that right? Nay. <laughs> I'm just pulling your shank. Hey, I will take a swig of that, if you don't mind, laddie. Well, here you go. You're certainly a brave heart. Hey, who is that? No one knows. We think she lives in the sound control booth. They let her hang around the station because her Scottish accent is so much fun to listen to. Ah, appreciate that. It's tasty, but it's already starting to work on me. I best be on my way now. Oh, best to y'all. Hey, where are you going, lady with the Scottish accent? <laughs> where do you think I'm going? He must be dunderheaded. I just finished off a jug of mighty brabru. Must I keep repeating myself, Jimmy? Like I said, I have to go. Oh, no! Oh, some, it, oh, I get it. She has to go. Yeah. Hey, somebody her. get the door. Tony! Hey, glad you could make wow, it. Wow, lady with a Scottish accent sure was in some kind of terrible hurry to get somewhere. Move over, laddie, if you want to keep your privates. Then she stomped over me and pushed on to wherever she was going. It was scary. But I sure do love to hear that Scottish accent of hers. Do I have boot prints on my face? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Well, like we it. know where she was going. It's kombucha time. <laughs> all right, all right. Fill me in. What'd you come up with so far? So far, we haven't found just the right pitch, but we haven't totally given up hope. Got anything you'd like to throw out there? Well, since you asked... I've been thinking that a poetry contest might be elucidating. We'll ask the community's extremely talented poets to enter their very best work. And here's the best part. It'll only cost each of them $10,000 for the entry fee. It'll only take, what, 10 of them to fund the entire WFHB season? How could it possibly fail? It's, well, it's genius. Mm. A hot, roaring Poetry contest. Uh -huh. Oh, my God. We're doomed. We're doomed. Well, you know, it would be a grand idea. 
except for one tiny little flaw. What's that? Uh, how many poets do you know with an extra $10,000 laying around? <laughs> yeah, I don't even know any poets who aren't still living with their parents and lying around. <laughs> uh, well, you got me there, guys. I guess it's back to the drawing board. Okay, so every single one of our ideas has been rejected today. Is that correct? Yep. It's like I said, we've done it all before. There are no new ideas left in the world, right? Well, not exactly, gang. We can always just explain to WFHB listeners that it is their generous donations that keep the station on the air. So pledge your support now. Special shout out to the folks who produce Brown County Hour who make this program possible. Any similarities to real life WFHB scriptwriters are truly coincidental and not to be confused with reality whatsoever. Fun Drive was written by Suzette Weekly and features Tony Brewer, Becky Staff, Mark Scrapper Blackwell, Dan Grunman. Mike Leonard. Suzette Weekly. With sound effects by Chuck Wills. The next song will be a Ponca word song, and we're going to sing about a horse. And it's a very specific horse. This, this horse used to win all the races, and Poncas have several horse songs for this, this horse. And so uh, this is one that I like a lot. Uh, I lead this song a lot. I'm going to give it to you. It's all language, all Ponca language. Okay? We pause for station identification. 
You are listening to the Brown County Hour on volunteer-powered community radio, WFHB, at 100.7 in Brown County, 91.3 and 98.1 in Bloomington, 106.3 at Ellettsville, and online at wfhb.org. Support for the Brown County Hour comes from listeners like you and the support of the Brown County Inn, a family-friendly getaway destination located in Nashville, Indiana, offering locally sourced food, drinks, and live entertainment with banquet space, indoor-outdoor pool, miniature golf, and more. Information and booking available at browncountyinn.com. Good evening. I'm here with uh, Jim Schultz and Vivian Wolf, and they're with Peaceful Valley Heritage Organization here in town. I know we've had you in before, and your group is really uh, safeguarding our history. I know you've got us to be the art colony. You applied for that. There's a Hohenberger uh, plaque up. You had a hand in getting the state park to be on the National Register of Historic Places. And as a result, they've gotten grants to redo the park steps and all. Bill Monroe. Oh, yes. Bill yeah. Monroe became one of yours. You're all also interested in getting us on the map. Right. <laughs> so true. tell us about this late project. You're working on a, a tour. Yeah. Of- uh, to, to preface that just briefly, uh, Peaceful Valley was one of the people that uh, brought into being the Hoosier Hills Scenic Byway, which it, that's officially a thing now. We haven't done the ribbon cutting or any of that, but it's through the legislature and actually is a thing. And so, and it goes from what highway? It it starts up at Highway uh, or Interstate 70, 40, and goes down through Morgan County, then goes the entirety of Brown County on 135. Okay. And then exits into Jackson County, and it it uh, it completes a north south south route between two national uh, roads already. Uh, So uh, then, what can we in Brown County do? Uh, in order to plug in to this Hoosier Hill Scenic Byway and the work that Peaceful Valley's been doing already, that which predates this new byway, uh, has tours, which uh, our first tour started at uh, Bean Blossom Covered Bridge and goes to Vivian. You're going to have to fill that Starts in. Starts at Overlook, up at the Overlook. Right. <clears throat> the old one that had the shelter. Yeah. And we already have the sign there, and it has a QR code. So take a picture of the QR code. takes them to our blog on our webpage, and it tells the history, and it tells about where they're standing. Then from there, they'll go down, as Jim said, to the covered bridge, and then it will go to the farmhouse cafe, to Spernica, and then to Zion Church and Cemetery, and it'll tell about Sherman, the little town that was blown away by a tornado, and then it comes back out to 135. So that's our first attempt of a driving tour, and then the big picture is Jim's to tell. Okay, well, the big picture would be 
other things that Peaceful Valley uh, Heritage is organized and uh, doing is cemeteries and, and basically any of the heritage that, and in some ways history that's been associated with Brown County. And this northern tour, if you will, that Vivian just described is one of many that we see happening in Brown County, but it just takes time to develop these. And really it's, it's a labor of love, but we're calling them Sunday afternoon drives. And what it'll do is it'll get you in the woods, you know, on the, on the country roads, and it'll give you a purpose to kind of follow through. And you learn something about the people and, you know, the, the history of the time that they spent of uh, homesteading this area. So it's a fun project, and it's just another way of inviting people into our county and giving them a, a history. Of, and get them out of Nashville. Know, get them out of Nashville, <laughs> kind of spread them around a little bit. And, of course, businesses and uh, attractions can uh, tie into this. So then it becomes kind of a bigger thing, and that's our hope. It's it's uh, really started as uh, a heritage slash history thing, but I think the ultimate growth is is that it winds up being a fun thing to do for families, for friends, for uh, you know vacationers that are here, and gives them an avenue of a, getting out and seeing a little bit bigger part of our world. And what about people who are interested in your organization, want to get involved? What is your website? Peaceful Valley Heritage. Uh, we have a Facebook page. We have a web page. Our web is peacefulvalleyheritage.com. Okay, well, thank you very much. Thank You're you. welcome. Thanks for having us. This is Chuck Wills with the Brown County Hour, and in the studio with us tonight is Donya Hunter and Johnny Elmore from the Brown County Playhouse. Welcome to you both. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for being here. You are here to talk about your new venture, which is called RKM Actors Studio at the Playhouse. RKM uh, Actors Studio is uh, a tribute to uh, R. Keith and Marion Michael, who were very instrumental in getting the Playhouse started and continue uh, years ago. And they, uh, R. Keith was the uh, chairman of the Department of Theater at IU, and Marion was a professor there. And, and they're still both alive and well in, in their 90s, and they've come to the Playhouse recently. Mm-hmm. And they, they really are tickled to death that the continuation of the Playhouse and the theater productions mixed in with music productions and, and, and things that are going on right now. So it's terrific. That's great. So they helped start the Playhouse in the beginning, and you're doing this actor's studio as sort of a tribute to them? The name in and of itself is more of a tribute to them and a nod to the history of the Playhouse. But no, we, we started the group because we really felt that there was a need to facilitate a space for people who loved theater specifically to have, you know, to have a, a space and a community to really push themselves and learn about their craft in. And so, okay, so tell me, what does an actor's studio do? Well, we've been meeting on Tuesdays and we go through lessons on um, just kind of basic things, like things that maybe you won't forget about, like, you know, how to break down a script so a monologue isn't so intimidating, or, you know, taking pauses and, and really working on like your timing. And tonight we're um, getting together and we're just, we're, we're walking through some exercises about centering and your energy and, you know, then just doing some like improv games to keep your creativity flowing. Okay. So this is really for uh, creative people to come in and, and hone their craft. 
Oh yeah, and yeah. L- learn learn new skills. Home and the there are a lot of things have. that that the actors don't realize in the beginning, or even if they've been around for a while, that they're when they walk into a room and they're auditioning for a show, the director is looking at them in every way from the moment they walk in and the way they present themselves and the way they carry their their energy and and how affable they are and how likable and that's a real characteristic of actors anyway is likability you can be a mean person doing a mean part but if the audience tends to like you as a person you succeed at at creating this role I so. see. Okay. So uh, who would come to this? Can can anybody come to it? You know, oh, I, I'm not an actor. Gosh. Can I come anyway? Absolutely. Like this this absolutely is a space in which any anybody can come in and be a part of the process. Like whether theater is something that they have just started thinking about, something that they're vaguely interested in, something that they've been doing for a long time. This is really just a space for people to have that creative outlet in a way that maybe wasn't around before. That's really exciting. Does it cost anything? No, nope. to... it's free. There's usually dinner. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. So you feed me and you teach me. Yeah. That's yes. exciting. It's a good and time. And it's a it's a very uh, casual environment because mm-hmm. we don't want anybody to feel pressured. Mm-hmm. So they we do uh, talk to them and we do critiques mm-hmm. on people, but it's only in a uh, positive way. Mm-hmm. And uh, we let people be silly. We let people make fools of themselves. But it's only for them to learn how to hone their craft. Okay. Yeah. And we'd also really like to open it up past just me and John. So if Mm -hmm. anybody has any experience they really want to share, then we want to open the door for them to be able to get up and be like, here's uh, a class on some Shakespeare. Like, let's explore that today. And so just open. I think this is such an exciting thing to have at the Playhouse. This is really, you know, grassroots, creative, uh, fun, and apparently you get dinner out of the deal. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> there's food. <laughs> and, we're, and we're starting to do more theater at the Playhouse. And yeah. this this is developing a base, and we've got a, a, around 35 people mm-hmm. that are signed up right now. Not that they all 35 come every, uh, it's every uh, second and fourth Tuesday of every month, mm-hmm. but uh, when they can, they can come and, and and they're welcome to come right in. And we have a little bit of a different format every every time we meet. RKM Actors Studio. It's the second and fourth Tuesday of every month at the Brown County Playhouse, starting at six p.m. Yes. So, Donya Hunter, Johnny Elmore, thank you so much for being here, and we'll see you at the Playhouse. All right. Thank Absolutely. You so much. Thanks. It's safe to assume that the reason most of us work for, and those of us who tune in to WFHB, do so because we love this station and what it represents for the community. Great music, informed community-oriented programming, and award-winning news shows are some of the reasons many of us listen. But there's something else. WFHB represents a commonwealth that all of us share. It's a place where we congregate and communicate, It's where local music and new releases can be heard, and pertinent conversations can be listened to and debated. A group of us put together the Brown County Hour every month. If I were to guess, collectively, it takes between 16 and 20 hours to produce a one-hour radio show, with some months taking more and others taking less. Our show airs twice each month, which represents two hours of radio out of a monthly total of approximately 720 hours of airplay. 
Out of those remaining 718 hours, many of those shows take hours of preparation, with the daily news programming being a prime example. The reason I'm sharing this information is because what we hear on the air is just the tip of the iceberg, and all of the -the behind-the-scenes activities have to happen in order to bring us the programs we love and to make them sound as good as they do. Even though we are primarily a volunteer-powered organization, we do have a set of fixed expenses and financial obligations we have to meet every month. We have a small, underpaid staff, light bills, and other expenses, and they are the primary reason we need to raise money. But we also have infrastructure needs. Satisfying the station's basic financial needs is important, but we also want the station to grow and improve, and the only way to do that is with your support. As for me, I was fortunate to have friends and acquaintances who were involved in the station from the very beginning, and I remember tuning in shortly after WFHB started broadcasting from Radio Ridge in 1993. What I heard blew my mind. Uninterrupted commercial-free music from mixed genres tastefully selected by informed DJs who quickly became my companions throughout the day. For many of those years, I was working construction, and one of my prime considerations in accepting a job was if I could listen to WFHB. Fortunately, most of my work was in and around Bloomington, and I could pick up the station from many of those locations. However, because I live in Brown County, there were certain places in the yard and the house where we could receive a clear signal. All of that changed when repeaters were added to Ellisville, Bedford, and Brown County. And now many more of us in south-central Indiana can enjoy WFHB. And that's really the point of the fund drive. We're raising money to support WFHB. But perhaps even more critically, We want the station to grow and thrive. During the 29 years we've been on the air, we've seen steady improvements in the diversity of the shows we offer, and we've continued to upgrade the equipment it takes to bring you this quality programming. Through the excellent leadership of our general manager, Jar Turner, who obtained grants to keep the lights on and managed to secure excellent music shows from national sources, that kept our 24-7 broadcast schedule intact, we survived the COVID shutdown. Gratefully, we resumed live broadcasting, and many of our favorite DJs have returned to the air. This is a cause for celebration, but in order to keep our Corporation for Public Broadcasting grant, we have to play catch-up and raise some serious money to be back on our feet financially. While this need is concerning, Over the years, I've seen how WFHB listeners have always risen to the cause and supported the station during times of need. If you are a new or longtime listener of the station, you are part of the family. Family sticks together when the going gets tough, but family also celebrates when the occasion calls for it. And the fun drive is the perfect opportunity to celebrate everything we love about community radio by chipping in. Many hands doing small tasks together is how it's done. And no matter how small or large, every donation counts. Considering what many of us pay for entertainment, WFHB is a bargain. And for the cost of a few coffees per month, you can help fund the station we all love. 
If you are listening during Fun Drive, you are one of the dedicated listeners. And each and every one of us who contribute to the station thanks you for that. How about upping the ante and making a call of support? On behalf of the crew members of the Brown County Hour and all of the staff and volunteers here at WFHB, we want you to know how much you are appreciated, and we want to thank you for your consideration. Here's to a bright and thriving future for WFHB, and with your help, we can make this happen. This is Dave Seastrom. See you next time. Thanks for tuning in to episode 121 of the Brown County Hour. This show was recorded in our studio at the History Center here in downtown Nashville and brought to you the first Sunday of every month at 9 a.m. and the following Wednesday at 6 p.m. and anytime online. Be sure to look for us on your favorite streaming services. The Brown County Hour is brought to you by a diverse group of folks who believe, now more than ever, the world is for everyone. This show was produced by Chuck Wills, Pam Rader, Rick Fettig, Sarah Lytle, Jim Lemon, and Dave Seastrom. We would also like to thank Slats Klug for our theme music. You have been listening to the Brown County Hour. Coming to you from deep in the woods of Brown County, Indiana. Celebrating the arts, culture, and nature that make this such a unique community. Visit us online at browncountyhour.com. The Brown County Hour is a production of WFHB. Volunteer-powered, listener-supported community radio for South Central Indiana. Take me back, back to my home, Brown County. Oh